It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VEASAN's Betting Across America. Welcome to Las Vegas at the South Point Hotel and Casino. I'm Adam Candy. James Salinas joins from Denver. The NBA playoffs are here. We are just about an hour away from the tip-off of the first real deal NBA playoff game. And it should be a great one between Milwaukee Bucks and Miami Heat. The NHL playoffs for the day are... Already going on, Tampa Bay and Florida doing what they've been doing, scoring a lot. It's a great hockey game to watch if that's what you enjoy. And, of course, Major League Baseball as well. Uh, James, I don't know how much you caught of the Grizzlies and the Warriors last night as we got our final playoff matchup set here, but certainly looked like a Warriors team that had had the life beaten out of it against the Los Angeles Lakers. They gave it a good run in the end, but, of course, the Grizzlies end up winning in overtime covering his five-point dogs, 117-112. And now we get the Jazz and the Grizzlies in round one. Uh, How about just a quick post-mortem for the Golden State Warriors before we look forward to the rest of the playoffs? Because there were times in that game against the Lakers the other night where it looked like, wow, if they get in, they're going to be a problem for the Suns. They're not even in the playoffs. I think for Memphis, 
finally somebody executed a strategy defensively where you're not playing one pass away. You're not playing help off of that, especially a player like Steph Curry. We know You know his range is as soon as he crosses half court. So I thought Memphis's game plan was, was absolutely what needed to happen. Now, Curry did put up 39 points and shot 13 from 28 from the floor. So good shooting night for Curry considering all the pressure he was under. I mean, they, they denied him on the high side. Every time there was an off-ball screen, they switched it. Every ball screen, they doubled it. They just made him work for everything he got. And I think in the second half, you really saw Curry. He had a he had pick and choose when he was going to not only attack offensively, but then take some plays off defensively. So I think Memphis absolutely executed the defensive game plan against Steph Curry. And a lot of that can, can be really contributed to the great job that Dylan Brooks did. Face guarding him. It was eyes to chest on him. He wasn't concerned about the help side. His assignment was to deny Curry the ball and make him work for everything. And I think that's where we just saw the supporting cast, the rest of the players with the Warriors, young team as well. We know it's it's been banged up too with, with Thompson being gone for a while. But really, it all fell on Curry's shoulders. He did his part, but they exhausted him to the point where in through the overtime, you really saw the legs going out. And Memphis made some clutch shots, big shots, not only the, at the end of the fourth quarter, but in the overtime, too. I think a Tillman's three was huge. So, ex, I mean, competitive-wise, I think now, Adam, we, like you talked about it, we're finally at the NBA playoffs. I think that 72-game NBA exhibition season is finally over, and we get the ball now. That we do, and we're going to talk about not only some series prices for the NBA, but some player props as well, and I think you'll notice that theme throughout the show today. We're going to talk a little bit more about some of the prop opportunities that are out there. James has been really good with Major League Baseball with some pitcher props uh, that we've been discussing. I have some for hockey. In a moment here, when we update you on the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers, I'm going to sound like that friend you have who's like, oh, yeah, I had that bet. No, really, I promise you I had this one, and I'm using it as a setup to the rest of the props that we're going to talk about because 2-1 lead for the Lightning in the first period over the Florida Panthers here. About 7-18 remaining in period number one. There was a prop that jumped off the board at me today. Alex Kalorn at plus 195 to have an assist. Guess what? Got it on the first goal. Uh, here's a guy who plays on the power play for the Tampa Bay Lightning. A lot of opportunities with a high-powered offensive team. Also, Braden Point plus 145, Stamkos plus 135. Could have gone with any of them if you want. Lightning lead the series two games to one. They are minus 150 favorites here today over the Florida Panthers in what has been a highly entertaining series. And we'll get to more hockey as the show continues. But, James, now that we have a full playoff field set, Let's go through some of these series prices before we get going here in about an hour or so. Before I run them down in any sort of order, tell me if there's anything in particular that you looked at this list and it just came out in neon lights to you. Adam, the way I'm approaching this is kind of similar to what I did with the NHL playoff series. I haven't really bet a whole lot of games within the NHL playoffs this past week, but I do have, whether it was getting in on, on some adjusted series prices and or some some exact series, correct series games. So that's where I'm really going with a lot of these series here. I'm all over the place when it comes to these NBA series. So I think looking at just what the overall series price is, I think the first one that, the, the first one that I really was, was interested in 
in looking at was the Blazers and the Nuggets. And if you remember that series two years ago, uh, and I remember that very well because I was heavily invested in the Blazers in that second round series against Denver. And I thought all was lost when they when they uh, lost game six at home and had to travel back here to the what was then the Pepsi Center for game seven. That was a tremendous series. The four overtime game. I think it was game three. I mean, just a tremendous series from uh, a competitive standpoint. And I think here, that's what I was interested to see was what was that going to look like coming out? We knew the Blazers were the sixth seed and Denver was the three. But how I figured that the Blazers would be favored here, slight favors, which they are. And and maybe not quite as much out here with Denver, not getting as many dog prizes because it is the local team here in Denver. And obviously more fan money coming in locally on the hometown team Nuggets. But I wanted to see where that price was. Uh, and I found it in a number of different prices, where it was a dollar twenty on the Blazers, a dollar ten on the Blazers. Uh, so that's where I was going here. But I didn't bet this series price. I did some alternate series prices with this one as well as a number of other series too. Well, let's talk about that series since we're on it. The Nuggets and the Blazers is one of the more fascinating series of the first round. Portland over the last 15 games was the best offensive team in all of basketball, 122 net rating, I should say offensive rating, second in net rating at nine. And I mean, they were right up there. So you see that Portland comes in playing its best basketball of the year. That being said, James, everything slows down in the playoffs, much more in the half court game. Scoring is at a premium. The Denver Nuggets are still a team that's going to roll Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. out there, and the Blazers still have not shown any interest in defense at any point during the season. Thinking about Denver now, the big missing ingredient here, unfortunately for the Nuggets, is Jamal Murray. And we saw how he competed last year in the playoff bubble and just some sensational games that he had to pull out in the Utah series, in the Clippers series, and then ultimately got uh, got really nicked up through those through those two seven-game series and the comeback that Denver was able to bring in against both of those teams to get to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. But I think that's where you exactly you touched on it, Adam. The, the nature of the playoffs, things slow down. Possessions become more valuable. You start running deeper sets. You also have some more iso ball that goes on, especially as the shot clock starts to wind down. But you see more, more value of the basketball and more value possession by possession, especially as the game continues and we get into the second half. And that's where Murray was so clutch last year in those third and fourth quarter, in particular the fourth quarter, Adam, just so many big shots. It's one thing to want to take the shot. He wasn't afraid to take the shot, but then he delivered by making those shots, and I think that's where Denver is really going to be hurting here. We know they've been banged up in the backcourt really for the last month, month and a half, where the variety of players, starting with Murray, obviously, uh, but really, I think that's where it's going to show out in this series over the course of a full seven-game series is the fact that Jamal Murray is not going to be there to be Mr. Clutch in that fourth quarter to create something and take that big shot and make that big shot when it counts. Is Michael Porter Jr. now going to fill and step into that role to be that clutch player? Because I think with Joker, Joker can have his way with Nurkic on the inside. They, they, they have some history there, and that's why there was some uh, when he got traded, he got traded out of Denver, Dick Nurkic to Portland, and then became Joker's show on the interior. Joker can do what he wants down there against Nurkic. Nurkic is not a, a good defender. 
defender in the post. But he's going to have to carry this team, Will Joker, but he's going to have to defer. They're going to run some players. You know, you're going to see plenty of double teams, Adam, especially in the second half of the second half of the game. Who is going to step up and make those big clutch shots? Is it Michael Porter Jr.? Adam, I'm betting against that he will not make those shots. Well, this should be a fascinating series. The game, it gets underway as the late game tonight. Nuggets are one-point favorites, total 226 and a half. Elsewhere in these series prices, James, I want to ten, spend some time on the Bucks and the Heat because the other 3-6 series is another one where I hear a lot of strong opinions about this one. And most of them are on the Miami Heat. Plus 225 in the series, Bucks minus 375. We have very little information about the Heat this year as the Heat who are going to come into this series because Jimmy Butler only played once against any of the top three seeds in the Eastern Conference throughout the season. And yet, he is theoretically healthy, ready to go in this series, and he was a problem for the Milwaukee Bucks last year. Are you one of the folks who have a very strong feeling for the Miami Heat at plus 225 or is this one that you're kind of waiting on? Well, I've I've done a couple different things with this. Now, playing this Heat for the series, I did not do that, Adam. I was thinking about it. I was actually looking. There was a, uh, a price on the Heat to win the series in six games, so to be able to close it out in South Beach at plus 900, I was very tempted to get on board with that. And we've got an hour, so I may talk myself into jumping on that, but here's the reason why I'm looking at potentially the Heat being able to close it. You look at the, if you're playing the underdog in a series, you know that potentially you have the chance, if it goes to six games you want that underdog to be able to close out at home if they're in a position at three to two as opposed to having to go on the road in a game seven to have to clinch and and move on to the next round that's where I was got a juicy juicy price with the heat there plus 900 but I didn't play that as of yet I did play a couple series prices though will this series go six games and will this series go seven games I bet both of those and I found I had to shop around for the best price a number of different books out here so I did take the series to go six games plus 240 and I do have it to go seven games plus 260 because I don't think this is this is not going to be the five game series that we saw last year I suspect this is this could come down to seven games and I didn't want to take a shot where which who was going to have to close out a game, whether it's at home in game six or on the road in game seven for the heat. So that's where I'm going as far as what I'm what, what my position is on this series. Now, you talked about the matchup with Jimmy Butler. I think the matchup that I'm really going to be interested in is Goran Dragic now with Drew Holiday in the mix. No more Bledsoe there for the Bucks. Drew Holiday's a very good on-ball defender. And we know Dragic, he's not going to be able to bring it for a full seven-game series. He'll pick and choose when he puts his stand on a game but veteran player very crafty lefty getting to the rim kind of reminds me of a poor man's Ginobili but not nearly flailing around as much as we used to see out of Manu Ginobili with the Spurs back in the day that's the matchup I really want to see how does Drew Holiday where do they defend him who are they putting him on and how does that matchup go with Dragic when he's on the court Zach Harper in The Athletic had a very interesting breakdown of this series where he discussed that Drew Holiday, despite the fact that he gives up size to Jimmy Butler, is such a good defender that the Bucs might consider sticking Drew Holiday on Jimmy Butler for some length of time in this series and just seeing how much he can frustrate him and just seeing are the Heat willing to try to post up Jimmy Butler and then make the threes because we know this Milwaukee team, despite the fact that Mike Budenholzer adjusted this season, 
they were still the second worst team in the league defending the three ball over the course of the full season. Only Minnesota was worse. So are they going to be willing to let Jimmy Butler be a playmaker for others? Try to get Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, whoever it is, hitting three-pointers. I, I think this could be fascinating in terms of how these teams decide to go at it. And I love the six and seven games that you decided to go with. We've got it here at BetMGM at plus 225 for the six games, plus 260, the same number you had for the seven games. Quick update from the National Hockey League. Uh, Andre Palat from Cernak. 3-1 in the first period for Tampa Bay. Florida is plus 475 to come back, and I, I would definitely not uh, get in on that. Sergey Bobrovsky has looked terrible for the Panthers thus far. Uh, since we're already here, James, let's talk about the game one between the Bucks and the Heat. Bucks are five-point favorites, down from six, total 227. Both teams going to be about as healthy as they've been all year long coming in. Uh, what do you think specifically this game one will come down to here between Miami and Milwaukee? Looking at this total starting to tick down a little bit out here in Colorado, 226 and a half. The, the price on the books now is up to five and a half. So some money coming in on Milwaukee. I think this is for the whole series. I think this is going to be a game of adjustments. I favor, I favor Spolstra being able to make not only in-game adjustments, but throughout the series. Now looking at game one, I think that's where this is going to be kind of that, that heavyweight fight. Let's feel each other out. The series is not going to be won or lost in the first game of this, uh, of the series. We know that thinking about this, that's where I want to see you. I think where I want to see these in-game adjustments happening and how do both of these coaches respond looking at the matchups? Because we do have some different players out here. We talked about Drew Holiday as well as for, for the Bucks, but and well as some, it's a different bench and it's some different bigs for the Heat in this series too. Olenek is not going to be there. He was really the stretch five. He didn't get in there and bang around, but I want to also see too, Adam, how are they going to defend? Are they, how are they going to, are they going to defend Giannis the same way that they did? Really sagging off of him, making him have to go to his left and making him, daring him to shoot the ball from the top of the key. And then the ball screens, they really went underneath the ball screens a lot in that series too, and really packed in that pain, especially over on the help side. So that's where I want to see. I haven't bet this game. I'm probably not going to bet this game. This is going to be a game of in-game through game-to-game -game series adjustments, and that's where I do favor Spolstra's acumen as far as being a head coach in the playoffs for so long. And then the mental toughness that we saw out of the bubble from this Heat team. I'm leaning towards the heat in this first game plus the five and a half but no play quite yet interesting there with the move to the bucks and under at the same time that doesn't make a lot of sense but we'll talk more about that as we go on here on betting across america from visa Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week. It's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada Premier Sports Betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. 
Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. This is VEASAN's Betting Across America from Las Vegas and Denver. Adam Candy here at the South Point. James Salinas in Colorado. Tampa and Florida have reached the end of the first period with the first of four NHL playoff games today. 3-1 score in favor of the Tampa Bay Lightning James, next up, Penguins and the Islanders. Uh, wow, minus one ten both sides. Five and a half is your total. Penguins lead the series two to one. Before the series, I took Islanders plus one thirty. Uh, this has basically been a coin flip series up until this point. Here's my way in on this game in two with two teams that are very much evenly matched. No real value on the game either way. I've gone props again on this one. Jeff Carter, who had a pair of goals for the Pittsburgh Penguins in that wild game that they played on Thursday, plus 110 for a point, any kind of point, so a goal or an assist. Kyle Palmieri, who was taken from the New Jersey Devils at the trading deadline, plus 130 for a point. He's a guy who has two goals in the series thus far. If you want a little more value, Palmieri for an assist at 3-1. to one. Penguins and the Islanders there. Golden Knights and the Wild coming up on the late side. And this is the other one I have some props on. Golden Knights are minus 120 Wild at even money. Keep in mind, we are here in Las Vegas where the Knights are generally heavily bet. Total five and a half. Golden Knights lead the series 2-1. The Wild had game three in the bag. They were up 3-0, then had a goal disallowed for offside, went back to 2-0, gave up the next five goals. I don't want to try to get involved on the side here. Joel Erickson Eck, though, plus 275 for an anytime goal. Joel Erickson Eck has two goals in the series. His goal was the one that was disallowed that would have given him a third goal in three games, and you can get him at 3-1 to one to score. The Golden Knights are matching their fourth line against that line for the Minnesota Wild. It's going to be a great opportunity, I think, there. Alex Petrangelo, plus 115 to score a point. At any time. So, James, now that I've pontificated for a couple of minutes on hockey, uh, anything on the hockey card of interest to you today? The only play I've made so far, I do have a number of series bets. I don't actually have any of my series bets on today's games. They're all rolled over for tomorrow's series. But looking here, you talked about the Islanders. How much fun was that to watch that 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 last game, game three, especially that third period when things got uh, got pretty feisty out there. It was I mean, that was a fun game to watch. I was really excited to see the Islanders go back home. Fifty percent capacity in Nassau Coliseum. We know how rowdy that crowd can get there and they definitely lived up to it. I don't know how many were in the stands when it comes to 50,000, maybe 7,000 or 50 percent, maybe 7,000. It felt like 70,000 because that was a fun environment. I'm just curious how. How does that transfer over that third period where they scored a combined five goals as well as 32 penalty minutes in that game? How does that roll over into this game? I did bet Barry Trotz's team here. I, I didn't get as good a number. It's a dollar 15 out here is what I laid with the Islanders to, to come back and even this series at home. I'm just, it's going to be a fun game to watch. I wanted to get involved and I wanted to roll with the Islanders here. Just feeling like, yeah, this is the opportunity. They're going to need this game. Obviously both teams want to have this game, but, 
I think sometimes when you're on the when you're that road team and how feisty that game got in that third period, you were able to pull that one out. I think maybe not that there's a letdown here, Adam, but I think the urgency is definitely going to be on the Islanders on this side. I like them at home and another raucous and rowdy crowd tonight. I'm excited about that game. That's where I went. I got the Islanders laying 15 cents. I don't mind it. I, I think if I had to play this game, I would probably be leaning over in the first place. Varlamov did not look good at all. And when Barry Trotz talked after the game, he said they were going to look at whether Varlamov got the start again here. And that's the sort of thing that the Isles cannot afford in this series. They're a defensive team that needs to be defense first. If they're having trouble in goal, Sorokin is a huge step down from Varlamov. Uh, I might actually be slightly heads up with you if I had to lean on this thing, only because the addition of Evgeny Malkin back into the Pittsburgh lineup in Game 3 seemed to do a lot for that offense. That being said, the urgency is all on the Islander side. As you said tonight, that team really needs to get something done on home ice. Of course, we also have the battle up in Canada between the Canadiens and the Maple Leafs. We'll get to that when we come back in just a little bit. This is VEASAN's Betting Across America. Thank you. season is in full swing so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day our VEASAN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet including live odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com MLB and our daily members only best bets now's the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this season at VEASAN.com subscribe more baseball coming up on the later portion of the show, as most of the starts are on the later side today here on VEASAN's Betting Across America. Thanks for joining us. I'm Adam Candy in Las Vegas. James Salinas is in Denver, Colorado. The NFC West, James, could be probably the most competitive division in all of football this year. We've got some win totals. We've got some division odds. We've got some Super Bowl odds on all of these teams. Overall, is there a team in the NFC West that you think is not capable of winning this division this year? Because at first glance for me, even a team that might finish last in this division like the Cardinals, I still look at it and say that offense could grow quite a bit. So what about for you? I think it's Seattle for me. I'm going to Arizona to your point with all the offseason moves, both on the offense and the defensive side. A lot of moving pieces there. Sometimes it takes a little while to get guys acclimated. I really am interested to see how do those new pieces really come into the fold. We talked about thinking about the offense that they got now and Green coming over from Cincinnati on the offensive side. What can Watt deliver, at least from a leadership standpoint, for that defense as well as being able to just set an expectation for we know and Watt gets on the field, his motor that he brings to the, to, to the field to compete. I think that will rub off on teammates. So kind of on the fence with, uh, with the Cardinals, I think that's going to be more of a wait-and-see approach for me. The team that I'm really looking to fade this year is going to be the Seattle Seahawks. 
Seahawks, Adam. And just thinking about, we heard some things in the offseason uh, with quarterbacks finding their voice, and Russell Wilson was one of those, right? Talking about how he wanted to uh, had some issues with the offense. He was tired of getting hit as many times as he had, and justifiably so, considering how many sacks and how many quarterback hicks Russell Wilson has taken in his career. But I just feel like there's not only the the fact that he was taking a lot of those hits because that offensive line has been pretty porous and banged up for quite a, quite a long time for that team, but feeling like maybe there's some kind of disconnect there, too, with Russell Wilson and that coaching staff, and Pete Carroll in particular, uh, but also the defensive side. This is, this is not the defense that we've seen uh, from those Super Bowl years a handful of years ago, and this is not the Legion of Boom on that backside. So I think here, I was looking at the Seahawks, looking at their roster, as well as looking at their schedule, Adam. If you dig into their schedule, the first part of their schedule is really challenging. They're going to start off on the road at Indy. They will come back home to Tennessee, but then it's on the road at Minnesota, at San Francisco, then come back home on a short week on Thursday night to host the the L.A. Rams. So just to get started right there, that is a really difficult schedule and then how they're cl- how they come out of their bye week let's just consider Aaron Rodgers if he is at is still on the Packers and right now he's still a member of that franchise they open up off their bye at Green Bay followed with Arizona at Washington San Francisco and sandwiched in between a game with the at the host Los Angeles Rams I think their schedule is really difficult so looking at the team totals that's where I went with this one too is under nine and a half season wins for for the Seattle Seahawks, it's sitting at plus 115. So the juice is in my favor of all four teams within this division. I think that's where we see the most regression. Adam is with the Seattle Seahawks. You know, Russell Wilson speaks up. They do bring him some help on that offensive line with Gabe Jackson coming over from the Raiders via trade. But yet the question in Seattle and the reason that I am not inclined to bet this team is what is Pete Carroll going to do with the offense? Is it going to be the first half of the year offense where you let Russ cook, big air quotes, or is it going to be the second half offense, which was Pete Carroll classic, which is we're going to ground and pound, let Russell throw the ball 15 or 20 times a game until we get behind and then we have to chuck it up. And so that makes it very difficult to deal with anything having to do with Seattle. To your point, though, Not only good teams that they have to face on the schedule, but look at the defenses that they're going to get. They get that Colts defense, the Niners twice, the Rams twice, the Bears, the Washington football team on Monday night. They have just an incredible run of defenses that they have to go against. Over to the Rams for a second here, James, and the addition of Matthew Stafford. They lose their defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, down to the Chargers as the head coach. So a little bit of turnover there. They, of course, lose John Johnson and Troy Hill out of the secondary. But, of course, the upgrade on the offense is pretty significant with Stafford. How are you seeing the Rams? You spoke to it just before talking about Stafford. Yeah, Stafford is, def- in my mind, a, a big upgrade over Goff just when it comes to his competitive nature out there. We know Stafford is a, a tough-minded guy. He's played through so many injuries in his career. Big target out there, too. He's not going to be a big mobile quarterback out there and has the arm strength to make all the throws. Now he gets to step into an offense that the offensive line is a good offensive line, and he's got plenty of targets to throw the football to. And I think with McVay, take a little time early to get him acclimated and start to figure out what, where is his best skill set and how do we design our game plans week to week based on our opponent and what is that, how do we approach each game. And they'll start to grow as the season progresses. 
regress on the offensive side. I think the biggest concern with me, as you mentioned it, in that secondary, this is a very young secondary now, especially on the back end at the safety position. I'm not in love with the linebackers there either. Ramsey, obviously, in that se- in that secondary, great lockdown corner, and and we don't even have to speak about Donald, the best football player in the NFL at the moment, either side of the football, in my opinion. But I, I think here with the Rams, here's another piece, too, where, you know, thinking about that secondary, thinking about those linebackers, I don't think their defense is going to be quite as dominant, especially early in the season as they're working in these young guys to getting some more experience playing in the NFL at the as a starter now rather than whether you're coming in at, in a nickel or, or having to uh, just get some reps as a backup. But I was looking at their schedule, too, and it's it, I, I think for the Rams here, the, they're, you know, they're going to be a contender in the NFC uh, and obviously in the NFC West, but they're going to be firing against San Francisco. And I think looking at San Francisco, this is they have a last place schedule, but they are not a last place last place team. We know all the injuries that the 49ers suffered through last year. And I think how this season ends up is really going to be interesting, Adam, because if you dig into the schedule and where we're going here with the Rams, I think as they finish out, they are going to host San Francisco on the last game of the season, which is going to be a great game. We figure that might come down to the division title. But think about the games that they're going to have to play prior to that. They are going to have games at Arizona up to Seattle, at Minnesota, and at Baltimore right before they play San Francisco. Tough stretch where SFs get a very simple schedule rolling into that matchup. Uh, I favor San Francisco at plus $2 to win that division. And we're going to talk more about the 49ers when we come back because I think this is the most fascinating team in the NFL coming into this year. No team, as you mentioned, had more dollars on the salary cap on the injured list last year than San Francisco. And now you, of course, have the quarterback situation as well. It's Beeson's Betting Across America back in a moment. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith 
when I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $100 if you place a $1 NBA wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VSIN100 when you place your first bet. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever with BetMGM. New customer offer, paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Washington, D.C. only. Excludes Michigan dissociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line 800-889-9789. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. This promotional offer is not available in Nevada. Welcome back into VEASAN's Betting Across America, live from the South Point Sportsbook in Las Vegas. Adam Candy joined by James Salinas in Denver, Colorado, as we look at the NBA playoffs, as just mentioned, along with the National Hockey League and a little Major League Baseball as well coming up down the line. To finish the discussion of the NFC West that we were engaging in prior to that last break, James, we're talking about the San Francisco 49ers. You said you liked them at plus 200 to win the NFC West. Is that for you with Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance? Does it matter to you either way? Or are you assuming that Jimmy Garoppolo plays this season? 
I am assuming that Jimmy Garoppolo does start at least. He's going to be the starter when the season rolls out. When we start to see Trey Lance as a starter, I'm not really sure. We may see some interesting packages, though, with Trey Lance as this Trey Lance coming in at quarterback, kind of like we saw at a Taysom Hill. Not that Trey Lance can't throw the ball. Uh, he's definitely got a much better passing game than what we've seen out of Taysom Hill. But interesting to see how that might play out with teams that not aren't prepared to see when Lance hits the field, not just as the starter, but even certain series, right? So we'll see how that plays out. But I think here, number one, you got to stay healthy. And we know that was just the from the, almost from the get for SF last year, just decimated. You spoke to to the, the price tags that were on the sideline on the injury reserve list for San Francisco and thoroughly decimated all season long through injury. But we saw the heart and the character of this team just compete week in and week out in the NFL. And, you know, they fell behind. They were 6-10 and 10 to close the season. But I think that's where they get to take advantage of that last place schedule here this year. So quarterback position aside, I think for Garoppolo, staying healthy is one thing too. But I think Shanahan, kind of similar to what McVay did it with the Rams uh, and Jared Goff, is really tailor game plans to 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 put him in positions to be successful, not to have to go out and play outside of the playbook and outside of the game plan and love teams and especially Shanahan's propensity to run the football the way that they do. And that just really creates, we just don't see that commitment to, especially the, their zone running game, their stretch run, the way that they, they instituted there in San Francisco, really difficult to defend. Most teams don't see that on a consistent basis at any point in the season. So I think that's such an advantage for San Francisco and that really allows allows Garoppolo to, to feed off the play action opportunities. But I think here with San Francisco, because that that schedule is so soft playing that last place schedule and this team, the culture is intact. They know what their identity is, especially on the offensive side, you know, losing Robert Salah on the defensive coordinator position. How does that translate? That's going to be, that still remains to be seen. Anytime you're losing coaching staffs, how did the replacement come in and what becomes the identity? But offensively, Adam, I'm all about San Francisco because it's regardless of the quarterback position, even though, like I said, I think it will be Garoppolo taking the reins from the get. I just think Kyle Shanahan is such an innovative coach and he has made clear, he know what his identity is, what the identity of that offense is going to be for San Francisco. I really like how they're going. I think they're in a great position to, to get back in, to contend in the NFC, to get to the Super Bowl. But as far as the NFC West is concerned, plus two dollars in my mind, when we look at these other teams here and all the question marks that I have with Seattle as well as Arizona, I like where San Francisco sits right now, plus two dollars to win that division. He is a wizard. He is a warlock. He is a sorcerer. Kyle Shanahan is everything that the San Francisco 49ers could have asked for bringing him in as the head coach. Let me read you something from the pro football focus grades for last year, because I think we get very locked into looking at finishing records from last season and say, oh, well, the 49ers, they had a really tough season. They finished six and 10. By pro football focus grades, every team that finished ahead of the 49ers in overall grade had at least 11 wins on the season. 11. And the San Francisco 49ers still finished in the top half of pro football focus offense and defensive ratings. He got out of that team way more than anyone has any right to get out of what was left on the field for the San Francisco 49ers. So I don't know that you can set a ceiling high enough for this team that I would say, I don't know if they can pull that off this year with a healthy quarterback, even if that quarterback is Jimmy Garoppolo, who, you know, I think above average is probably where the ceiling is there for Jimmy Garoppolo. 
not just NFL football on the board right now, but some college football right here at the South Point in Las Vegas. Uh, they released some of their games of the year late this week. And James, I think there's some fascinating ones here to talk about, uh, especially happening on the early side of this slate. Of course, you get a neutral site game between Georgia and Clemson from the jump here on September 4th. Clemson favored by three and a half in that game. I wanted to start with Oregon and Ohio State. Both teams preseason top 10 from ESPN. Ohio State a big favorite at minus 13. That number jumped out at me in large part for two reasons. One, because it's so early in the season. And two, because Ohio State does not have any clear reference on who is going to be its starting quarterback coming into the year. And they didn't coming out of spring practice either. It was a three-headed monster that really did not reveal much of anything. And this Oregon defense is absolutely stacked, including Thibodeau, who might be the number one overall draft pick uh, early on. We are, of course, months out. But how are you dealing with looking at something like college football games that are happening about four months from now? That game jumped off to me based on the numbers sitting there at 13, almost a two touchdown favorite. I kind of felt the same way thinking about Oregon. Oregon is at that level when you're talking about the recruits that they get, the talent, especially the speed. You talked about the defense. They can run the football, too. It's, it's, it's been a factory there with just the speed alone that that Oregon is able to great facilities up there now. Uh, thanks to uh, well, thanks to certain folks out there that have made that known of where what they want to see Oregon football look like in athletics for that matter. I did. I thought that was a massive number sitting at 13. The other one, a couple other numbers that I thought, I thought they, they're looking at Georgia plus a, plus three and a half, get that hook there in Atlanta. I know it's a neutral site, but yeah, I think with Georgia, that defense, especially that front seven, very dominant. And JT Daniels solidified the quarterback position for Georgia rolling into this season. So I was looking at that number two. But really, the other one was LSU. And looking at LSU playing at home, to Auburn on October 2nd is a two, just a short favorite at, at my laying two and then home to Florida in a couple weeks afterwards, just sitting there at a pick em. just feel like LSU. I know all the things that were swirling around that, that program last year off the field, on the field, the, some of the, the coaching moves that they brought in uh, last year that they've rectified both on the offense, especially the defensive coordinator position. I just think LSU, there's plenty of talent on that team. And it was you, the magical season that they had the year before winning the national championship and lost a ton of talent off that team, as well as players that opted out through the, the season that was the pandemic that went to the NFL this year. Uh, very inexperienced team, but also they learned a lot from last year and were, and some of those games were ugly, and I get it. If you look at the, if, if we remember some of, seeing some of those games, especially defensively, Adam, they couldn't stop anybody in so many contests, but you know now they will have fans in the stands at full capacity, most likely down there in LA. LSU and Baton Rouge, and I think that's just such an advantage for the Tigers. So that was a couple other ones that jumped off. Just seeing the Tigers, not only the short the short price there, but also being a pick against Florida. LSU at home, to me, is always one of the toughest venues to go in and play. So I wanted to point out the difference between that LSU game against Auburn and that LSU game against Florida. What would you think if I told you these three teams were in some sort of rotation on a neutral field? Because LSU is a two-point favorite against Auburn versus LSU as a pick against Florida. 
we are either seriously underrating Florida or we are either or seriously overrating Auburn. And for me, we are overrating Auburn significantly to say that they're only a two point. They are a two point dog uh, down there in Baton Rouge. I think Max Johnson is going to win the starting quarterback job for LSU. And if you look at what he did down the stretch for the Tigers, that team had no business going and winning in Florida. And of course, we know it was the shoe game and and so on, so on. But Max Johnson threw one interception in five games last year for LSU. And if you talk about a team that had the defensive struggles that LSU did, and then you're going to give me a quarterback who's going to take care of the ball, there's going to be enough talent consistently at LSU to win games. And James, you just mentioned the biggest factor of all when it comes to looking forward at the games of the year released here by the South Point. All of these teams are going to be factoring in crowds coming back in, but there's something about LSU. There's something about Death Valley for, uh, I should say, for in, uh, in Baton Rouge for LSU, that when you add in that crowd and you get Auburn still coming in with the offensive struggles that it's had the last couple of years, I love that spot there for LSU. We also have a few more uh, coming back on the other side here in that college football game of the year slate. But just a minute remaining here in this segment, James, and we've got Milwaukee and Miami uh, about to get started. Uh, your quick feelings on Milwaukee laying five, five and a half, total around 226 and a half. I'm looking at the heat here. I haven't bet it because I'm betting the series both to go six games and seven games at, at pretty good prices. So I, I I need for that to work out the way that it does. I need the heat to win one of these games, whether it's this one or, or game two. But I think to get started, pressure on the Bucks to get through it. I think we'll see early in the game that we'll, we'll, we'll see what the adjustments look like from the Milwaukee Bucks side as far as defending Jimmy Butler. But I think initially, if I was going to bet this, I would take the heat plus the five and a half understandable in game one especially with these two teams feeling each other out that tip will happen in just a moment here join us for more on betting across america you are tuned into vsin the sports betting network It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, 
and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.